Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! I angle my wrist, driving my fingers deep inside him when he slams down again. His eyes get impossibly wider and he lifts his hips as high as he can again, arching off the bed. He's clenching my shoulder and mouthing, fuck Cooper, fuck Cooper, over and over like they're the only two words he can remember. Neil. Yes, that was my reading from The Exorcist. imagine just like hips going up and down all over the place <laughs> eyes getting impossibly wide yeah 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 that's i mean basically basically <laughs> neil yes um but we don't do a movie podcast we don't no we do a book podcast okay that's good because they don't we... watch a lot of movies no i know we're doing it right now yay, yay. hi i'm neil and i'm claire and this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We certainly do. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. If you've just come here for a review of books, um, you have come to the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are other places you can go, but really what you should do is just buy the book read it and then come back and have a little chat with us about it and by chat we mean you should speak into the air while you are doing your laundry and listening to us and we will not hear what you're saying (laughs) but we will keep talking although there is a place where you can talk back with us and sometimes we remember to check it where is that Uh, that is on our patreon patreon.com slash fmk lit pod you do have to put in the url because we say dirty words dirty dirty words and of course if you are able to give anything that you're able to help give and support us is a wonderful help it ensures that we're able to keep doing what we're doing but also if you're not able to give fuck it just keep listening we're free yeah (laughs) we sure are and tell people about us so that we can be free for them too yeah. Or tell your rich friends who will forget that they've subscribed to our Patreon. Absolutely. So, Neil, you picked the books. I did pick the books. And what were they and what was the theme? This episode, we read Loathe Thy Neighbor, Roommate Romps by Tegan Hunter, and Heart Song, Vino and Veritas by A.E. Wasp, which is a really fun name. <laughs> the theme was? The theme was roommates 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 there's a whole bunch of secret themes too that um that we'll get to when we talk about the books but one of them is also guitars (laughs) yes yeah well yeah (laughs) i do have to i mean we haven't started yet but for a book called heart song there's not nearly enough music in it (laughs) right i expected so much more anyway but before we get to that neil Yes. What has got you hot and bothered? Okay. <laughs> so, so uh, bear with me, okay? <laughs> I'm going to take you on a journey. <laughs> so I recently stumbled on a YouTube channel called Earth to Caitlin. And the whole channel is this person doing funny edits of CGI movies like straight to dvd movies intended for young girls most of them are the barbie movies but there's like one about brats and anyway so it's just sort of like 
kind of it, it'll be like and now here's ken being a mess for eight minutes and then just like a super cut of ken being a mess and or whatever <laughs> anyway so it's really funny so i recommend it but what's actually got me hot and bothered is watching because each episode is about a different movie like barbie movie and like the clips like Nine times out of ten, I'm like, that villain's voice sounds really familiar. So then I go to IMDb, and I'm talking Kelsey Grammer, Tim Curry, Angelica Houston. Like, big names have been Barbie villains. Whoa. And I was shocked. Yes. <laughs> yep. And then, like, all of the... There's, one one woman who plays Barbie in all of these, and I'm like, good for her cashing in that paycheck. Um, and then, you know, like, she has different friends every movie and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't recognize any of these people, but the villains are always... There's um, the Swan Lake one. I think it's Swan Lake. The villain is Kelsey Grammer, and his daughter is the actress who plays Janice from Friends. And she, like, mostly does the Janice voice, but it's a little bit different. And I'm like, oh, wow, these are actual people. I, I was I was a little shocked by it. Anyway, Earth to Caitlin is a funny YouTube channel. Um, and they still haven't figured out how to do good dancing in CGI, and Barbie <laughs> dances a lot. <laughs> anyway, that's me. What about you, Claire? Oh, man. Well... Uh, just hitting the news today, uh, a Texas man is suing his ex-wife's friends after they allegedly helped her obtain abortion pills. So that oh, sucks. Cute. But I actually don't want to talk about that because I want to talk about something and it's awful. Like, it's just, I just want everybody to know stuff is awful and that makes me feel bad. But I also want to say stuff is also awful for other reasons. So everybody knows... Uh, the representative, uh, Lauren Boebert, who is not a great lady as far as human beings go. Um, the eye roll that Christine just gave with the she, slow shake of the head. Oh, beautiful. She is crazy, crazy. And a lot of news came out during CPAC of various different things. Lots of people made speeches. But I just, what came across my transom today is that Lauren is only 36 years old. And her 17-year-old son is going to have a baby. <laughs> so she's going to be a grandma oh. at 36 because she gave birth to him when she wow. was 19. Um, and so, and then also her mother gave birth to her when she was 19. <laughs> and so, like, it's just like, is incredibly young people having babies having babies and like i don't know it just i wanted to be angry and i wanted to find all the things that were hypocritical about this or like hey you know that's a choice you had a choice to have your babies and he has a choice to have his like there's still like in the state you're from colorado there's still choice like you can still make that choice so um, it's not against the law and how much more wonderful it is that it's not, that it is an actual choice that can be made and how much actually more morally responsible it is when it's a choice in my opinion. But regardless of all that, it just makes me feel so old because I'm 42. And <laughs> I just feel like an old lady now and I, 
I want to be like real. I want to be like all feminist and talk about Lauren and her like ideas and her voting record. I tried to look things up, but in the end, I only wanted to bring this up because I feel real old. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fair. Yeah, when you said she's 36, first of all, she looks older. Uh, it's like when I was like, oh, she and I are contemporaries. Maybe I should become a grandfather. Uh, also, one of my favorite things about her that I have ever seen is somebody compared a photo like a still from one of her videos to a still from an osama bin laden video where they're both in their studies with books and guns and osama bin laden had a higher book to gun ratio than lauren Boebert did. <laughs> uh christine also did post in the chat that her son's uh girlfriend was only 15 when she got pregnant and the age of consent is 16 in colorado so you know couldn't even wait. Couldn't even fucking wait a little bit. It's not good. This is not good. Uh, I mean, in another news, like Lauren Boebert's husband went to jail for a little bit because he exposed himself to two underage people in a bowling alley once. <sighs> Look, there's a lot that's not great. Um, and there's a lot to be upset about. It's here. not great, but especially at a bowling alley. I don't know why I'm especially offended that it was a bowling alley. <laughs> I mean, all of it's terrible, but I'm like, why a bowling alley of all places? I mean, it just, it, what it makes me feel like is one, he was hunting them out. Two, mm -hmm. uh, he was drunk at a bowling alley, which I'm sorry. Like there's a level of drunk, which is, I think, perfectly acceptable to be at a bowling alley. Like perfectly yeah. acceptable to be a certain level of drunk at a bowling alley. And then there's a level of drunk that's actually wait till the next event drunk. Like... Like, you finish playing the game, and you can't afford another one, but you can afford to get five more beers drunk, you go somewhere else now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. like, part of the plan of the evening. Somewhere like, where there aren't heavy balls flying through the air. Right. It also means he was probably that drunk earlier in the day. <laughs> that was his continuation. His second event was the bowling alley. Oh, he probably I... was. Oh, it was probably, like, I'm drunk enough to, like... Not have any inhibitions. Where where are the teens? They're at the bowling alley. Let's go. Yeah. Ugh. And apparently in her um Blah. in her biography that she Blah. put out, she said that uh he was he was not guilty of doing that, but he he said he was guilty and he went to jail for it. <laughs> like he he didn't even fight the charges. He just Well, said he was here's the thing. Our dear friend Lauren has a very tenuous grasp on reality, as and, I think yeah. we have uh, noticed. Ugh. So it would not surprise me if he was like, yes, I did it. She's like, no, he didn't. He didn't do it. <laughs> also, I was like, why is, who is this person from college? She was born in Florida, which to me explains a lot. Anyway, anyway. Um, the world is, you know, you know, on fire and terrible people are in charge of it. But also, I just feel old. So that's where we are. Yeah, it's a very fair. selfish feeling, and I apologize, but that's where I am. <laughs> Should we talk about some books? Let's talk about these books. <laughs> Heart Song, Vino and Veritas by A.E. Wasp. It just figures that the first guy I'm bringing back to my place is cute, single, and totally off limits. 
Sean Johnson has spent his life waiting to get the hell out of West Virginia. His plans got derailed when his dad shipped him off to a pray the gay away, but he's over it, ready to prove that he's a grown-ass man who can take care of himself. Of course, he'd have a better chance of convincing himself if he could stop lusting after his grumpy roommate. Army veteran Cooper Hill returned to Vermont minus one leg and one career, but determined to build a new life. When an army buddy asked Cooper to keep an eye on his nephew, a junior at the local college, Cooper can't say no. He's expecting a sheltered kid. What he gets is a gorgeous young man whose brilliant poetry gives a voice to everything Cooper's been trying to express. He wants Sean more than he's ever wanted anything, and somehow, miraculously, Sean wants him too. But wanting each other isn't the same as being good for each other, especially when the past, uh, past pain threatens to write its own verse in their song. A standalone novel in Sierra Bowen's Truth uh, true North World. Uh, Heart Song contains first love, found family, kisses, the campfire, and two caring men who discover they make beautiful music together. Neil. Yes. Is that what happens in that book? Lies. Lies. Liza Manelli. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he expected a sheltered kid and got a handsome. No, he got a sheltered kid. That's yeah, exactly who Sean kid. is at the beginning of this. And it's like, and he's a brilliant poet. I was like, no, he's not. His character arc over the book is that he's not good at poetry because of reasons. So he's not brilliant. Anyway, okay, okay. So Sean is from West Virginia and uh, has finally. Uh, organized his life so that he can gtfo good for you and he's going to a school in vermont and it just so happens that his uncle has a friend who lives nearby i'm assuming like just outside of town where his school is so we f we find out a little later into the book than we should that they've made an arrangement that cooper is he just bought a house and he's renovating it and so Sean can live with him for free if he helps with the renovations. It's like, okay, great. And it starts with um, Sean's driving into town and it's raining and storming. And then the car in front of him hits a dog and then he swerves into a ditch to not hit the dog. And then he goes and rescues the dog. And <sighs> there's this whole bit about how the dog has to get a leg amputated <laughs> and Cooper had a leg amputated. I and there's a line that's like, Oh, a three legged dog for a one legged man. No, it was so sweet. It was so cute. It oh was, my God, the dog was, stumpy. It was so cute. It was so sweet. And it was so, it was, it was just like, I mean, this book was built with heart wrenching moments. Like it was just like, Oh, I'm just going to wrench your mm -hmm. heart here. Some, I'm just going to wrench your heart here. Some, what I'm laughing about and, and like is the only time I think we see uh, Cooper grumpy is this point uh, where yeah. he thinks that this young man, Sean has like hit, hit the dog and was driving erratically. That's it. This is the only time he's grumpy. <laughs> like the rest of the time he's just like than quiet. <laughs> He apparently has resting grump face. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Not Whatever, a grumpy man. Um, 
He no, not really. He's very um pragmatic. He's very um what's the word I'm looking for? Not like blunt, but just like very straightforward. He's a very straightforward person. Yes. Um and Sean who is written like a 17-year-old girl um in a romance novel has no self-esteem and second guesses absolutely everything that he and cooper does um even though cooper is just like i'm very upfront about my feelings almost all the time yeah oh whatever okay so then um there's this whole bit about they take the dog to the vet they don't know who belongs to they decide they're going to take it home and then sean's gonna be starting school soon we skip over those moments entirely like we skip over his first day of school and to be i like it was so weird we jump ahead so that we're a few weeks into the semester and i was like so we're skipping the whole reason why he's here you know what though i found sean very boring so i'm (laughs) glad we skipped over those moments i agree like i was shocked when we're suddenly like in school and i was like wait we're what what and and like they listed the classes that he's taking not all of them but a couple of them was like those are higher level classes because i forgot he was higher up junior he felt like a freshman yeah, um, he's but like 23? a freshman who started late. Like I just kept thinking yeah. he was a guy who had been doing construction work for a couple years and decided to go into college. And so so then I was like and that accounts for him being older and then I was like oh no 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 he's a junior. Wait. Um and so then I was like oh like that threw me off so bad I had to reread a whole se- yeah. bunch of sections just to get myself back on track. Yeah. There's also this really weird thing where, so they have this misunderstanding where Sean and Cooper don't realize that the other is gay. And it's like, okay, your mutual friend, Troy, is Sean's gay uncle. And Troy and Sean actually came out on the same day. So they both know that they're gay. He would have, Troy would have said something. He did, like, in organizing this whole thing, he would have said to Sean, like, hey, I have a friend. He's an older gay guy. So not only are you getting out of town, but, like, he'll be able to sort of, like, serve as a kind of mentor. And he can be like, hey, Cooper, my, my nephew's coming to stay with you. He, like, is recently out. He's a little sheltered. If you could, like, show him around a little bit, I'd really appreciate it. That's what, he would have said something. And then like there's a point where um like they talk about like oh why didn't you s-? it was like why didn't someone tell someone that they were gay and then cooper's like well it's not my place to say i'm like you're all open to each you're all out to each other like that's exactly the conversation troy would have said something to both of them <laughs> oh yeah because that's no. like the point yeah i was thinking i was like no 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 i i kind of get the feeling like that kind of information is maybe hidden away from the straights you don't know so well. Not just yeah. people in your own community who you actually talk to all the time. Yeah. And like Cooper was out before Troy was because they knew each other in the army. And so they both know that they're gay. Troy and Sean, like I said, came out the same day. So they both know that. Like, I'm like, why? He would have said something. Would have said something. That's why this friend. And oh god. Anyway, um, and then we have this really interesting uh, dynamic where, despite the fact that uh, Sean has read articles about being gay, has watched 
all of Queer as Folk, both the British and the American versions, and I think he mentions porn at some point, he has no idea how dating works. He's like, is that flirting? I don't know what flirting is. I don't understand. I'm like, that's it's so boring to me for someone to know absolutely nothing. I think it would have been a lot more interesting if, if he like had learned things, like watching Queer as Folk, and he's like, oh, this is exactly how it is. And then he had to like unlearn those things because that's not always how it is and, and yes. very rarely is is life like queer as folk especially when you're in a small town in vermont so i think it, it it's just so boring to me when someone's just like i don't even understand how people talk to each other i don't know how does how do two men who are gay talk to each other i don't understand the mechanics behind it <laughs> like it's so boring to me god especially like I feel like it's a big divide between writers of a certain generation writing characters who are younger than they are because Sean has had access to the internet his entire life. Yeah. Whereas like you and I have not like there's a, I wasn't able to learn things on the internet as much as Sean was. Yeah. Like he, he has, he would come to Vermont with a full conception of what it means to be a gay man and would have to learn how much of that is true and how much of that is not true for him and all that. And I find that so much more interesting. Yeah, no, I, I find that I would, I would have found that really interesting too. It did feel like somebody who knew bits and pieces of what it's like to grow up now ish, but like didn't have a full concept mm -hmm. of it. And even what I would have, mm -hmm. I would have been totally fine with an utterly sheltered life. If, if we went ahead and carried on the ultra Christian, like upbringing, sort of cultish stuff, like throughout his life, like he hadn't like, so mm -hmm. he, he had stolen some of the queerest folk, like, like, you know, like things where he could, but he actually was restricted from the internet for the most part. Yeah. But the truth is, he wasn't he he didn't have a wholly supportive family but he had full access to the entire world mm -hmm. um and he's also been going to school and getting a liberal arts degree for the last three yes. years or two yes. years so he's like he's run into other gay men like even if there's no yes. other gay men from <laughs> west virginia there there are there especially even... if this place is so close to such an open and welcoming community like mm -hmm. uh 100 like and like 100 there are all there are gay queer there are openly queer men in his poetry unit like yes yes I, it's, it's, I, uh, anyway, also he wants to be this poet, but when we spend time in his head, nothing about him suggests that he is like, yeah. I like, as I write, I do not write poetry. I'll be the first to admit that I am not good about poetry, writing it or especially understanding it. So my experience as a playwright and a prose writer is different, but I mean, like, if I'm walking around and I see something interesting, I'm like, oh, that would be a, an interesting character. And I sort of like build stuff out of my head or like, I know with photographers, they see, they see something and they're like, oh, that could be a beautiful composition. And like, oh, I would fuss with it, you know, kind of like 
do do work in your head i guess like make your art in your head and he never does that he never does that once no and i'm like i like i did not believe that i was inside the mind of somebody who wanted to be a poet no uh i also like he didn't have poetry books with him i've never known a poet to not carry around poetry books right i mean like also i'm sorry a lot of poetry students in school are real showy about the fact that they're poets. Oh and my God, they don't. Sh- I mean, writers in general, just ask them about what they're writing on and they will talk at you for six hours. Right. And and I, I feel like it's still, it's okay to be like, you know, I don't want to show my stuff off, blah, blah, blah. But you, you carry around your poetry, whatnot, everywhere with you. I would have also been interested to see mm-hmm. like that he's, he may be transferred into this poetry program and that he's been doing poetry all by himself for a really long time. So he's like coming from mm-hmm. the wilds with his poetry and that nobody mm-hmm. in this program knows what to do with him. And he's like, these other students are difficult because they have this whole world of experience with poetry that he doesn't. That would have been great. And I'm sorry. Uh, we have two gay men talking about poetry and we never once bring up Walt Whitman. What? No, that is incorrect. No, like we're on a fucking lake. Or, <laughs> right. You're on a lake. At least if not Walt Whitman, at least like, I don't know, Allen Ginsberg or just like someone. Ugh. Yeah, no, and, and that was frustrating. And also what's frustrating in this particular um, synopsis is that, one, uh, Cooper accidentally reads Sean's poetry when he picks up the mm-hmm. wrong notebook, which I thought was going to be a whole plot device, a whole thing where it's like, I can't tell him I read his private thoughts, which were mostly to-do lists, which cracked my shit up. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it was like places I want to visit. Venice, Paris, <laughs> California, you know, Seattle, <laughs> Rome. I'm like, yeah, the beautiful city of California. Did you have to write that down? Like, yeah, we all want to go there. Like, it's not like... Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, Sean is not an original person. He does not have an original thought. So he has to write down. No, but so I thought it was going to be a whole thing about reading through private thoughts. It wasn't. That never came up again. Um, The poetry that he read is the only poetry we really got. Like, and it was mostly like a work in progress. The (laughs) the very, very, very end. And like, I think this is a cute idea that this is there. There's a point, and I'm going to touch on it later. Because it was a really weird interaction that he had with one of his professors who gave him an assignment to write haikus. And there's a section after the book is done. There's a little section of the haikus. Right. That are fine. Um, (laughs) That are fine. (laughs) They're fine. Um, And again, I am not a poet. So I don't know. Um, A few things that we need to touch on. And then there's a point where this book takes the craziest left turn. (laughs) So... um, We've been talking about Sean a lot. He has a a bestie, Richie, back home, who he's out to Richie. And then at some point, they're having a conversation where Richie realizes that he might be bisexual. And then we just skip over that because Richie does not matter. Even though Richie sounded great. Richie's part Um, of a different book. Richie's part of it. Okay. We have to talk about Cooper. (sighs) We have to talk about Cooper and how much I love him. Um, yeah, no, Cooper, Cooper's great. 
Uh, Cooper's great. He he's an adult. He's an army vet. Yes. So he's an army vet who uh, lost. He lost the lower half of his, I think, his left leg. Not because he was in combat, but because of a an accident, like a vehicle accident. Um, so he and like he realizes over the course of the book that he never really made choices. It was just sort of like, oh, somebody said that I, go, I should go into the army. So that's what I did. And I came back to this town because like that's the last place I lived before I went to the army. So I guess I'll do this now. Um, so he's sort of figuring his stuff out, which is great. And he, at every moment, his approach to this relationship is so very healthy. Because there's a, there's a moment that he is talking about how he's like, because they are instantly attracted to each other. And he's like, I know it's really inappropriate for me to be attracted to Sean because he's my friend's nephew. He's so much younger than me. But also, this is the first time I have felt this way about someone six, since my accident. And that's a big deal. And that's something to like be excited about. Even though I know I shouldn't pursue this young man, I'm excited that I ha- I'm having these feelings again. It means that like I've taken a never, another step towards recovery, which was really great. Yeah. And then um, in talking with Sean, he's just like, you know, we're setting, we're, we're going to set the pace. Let's put on a condom. And Sean's like, but I'm a virgin. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is a good habit to get into because I know that you are going to, at some point, hook up with other people. So this is a good habit for you to get into. Um, and he was just like really great about it the whole time. And he's a grump. He's a grumpy grump, sort of. Um, I don't know if he works. I don't know where this money is coming from to renovate this house, but... Yeah, I don't know, like... I don't know. Disability money and... I'm like, assuming... Whatever I he can't made in the army. Very much money. Um, no. Um, I mean... I mean, at that point in his career, like, because what, he's 35 now? Something right? like that. Yeah, so... 30, he went, 35 or 36. And he went into the army when he was, like, young, right? Because, like, he was 18 mm-hmm. when he was the army. Probably right 18. Away. So yeah. he's actually, he's had a career. So not, so mm-hmm. he retired from the army. He didn't retire in like a, like at a high, he wasn't very high. I think he was like a lieutenant or something. Uh, I can't remember. Um, if my brother never listens to these things. Um, and if he ever did, he'd be like, oh, Claire. And he'd like tell, he'd have all the things. You do get a, like a certain sort of pension ish and you do get like, uh, you know, there's veterans benefits and you do get some money. And if he didn't go use that to go to school, like the money you could use, the money that you could use to go for school, the GI bill, you could also use for a house. Oh, okay. So I think that's where some of it comes from. And then disability, uh, you know, would pay for some of it. And then, um, uh yeah then after that i don't know you are correct there does seem like to have a house on a lake in vermont feels like you need some money yeah i mean small town vermont but still no, no, i mean it's on a lake so invariably it's going to be expensive yeah. um so another thing about cooper is that he writes music and plays the guitar uh, um, he doesn't, he's not good at writing words though. And I thought it would be a, they would have a moment where like Sean would help him write lyrics, but that never happens. I was totally, I was, I was totally expecting that too. I was like, this is the natural progression. There's a scene a that was together. like, there was a scene that was taking us right in that direction. And then it just stopped and we moved on. Yeah. It was anyway. 
Oh, oh God. Um, okay. And then I need to talk about Vino and Veritas. <laughs> oh my God. In town, there's a store called Vino and Veritas. It is a combination wine bar and bookstore. And I want to live there. I want to live there. I was uh, I was not happy with Molly, the waitress, at first. Because she oh, immediately no. looked at two no, no, gay no, no, men no. and were like, you should date each other. And I was like, why is this happening in this book? <laughs> also, when clearly there's a, there's a significant age difference. She's like, no, it's fine. I don't know. No, she was a. I'm not going to say like this, like the concept of a bookshop slash wine bar. Oh, There's a moment. It. Oh my God. It was so funny where they were at the wine bar part. And Sean's like, I've never been to a gay bar before. And Cooper was like, well, first of all, this isn't a gay bar. It's just a bar that gay people feel comfortable going to. Uh, and then they, and then they're at a wine bar and they order cider. And I'm like, what do you do? I know. I was like, order wine. Wait, anyway. <laughs> But also that I was like, oh, Neil likes this because he also <laughs> likes cider. <laughs> I also like cider, but like, because they make a, a thing about, oh, it's like a local cider of Vermont apples or whatever. Then just make it a cidery. But then you can't have the pun of vino and veritas. So. Right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, they've been hooking up. They haven't had all the sex yet, but they've been hooking up. They're totally into each other. And then, fifty. this is 50% into the book, after we have spent time inside of Sean's head from a first-person perspective, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he has PTSD. Yeah. And it, I mean, okay, <sighs> one, okay, I have a couple of feelings about this. One, um... The onset of his PTSD and the trigger, I liked, and I thought it was well-developed. And we've had a couple of books where love interests have PTSD for plot sexy reasons and whatever. I thought that the particular way like he was triggered and the way that he fought it and the way he didn't understand what was happening and the stress that it induced in him and how long it lasted, I thought that was great. I thought that was really well done. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was... But <laughs> that this is happening months after he's gotten there. <laughs> like, and with like, all we've heard about from his backstory is that uh, how he came out, who he still loves in his like, you know, fami family group, his best friend who's bi maybe, and his dad who he hates. And that's all he says is, I hate my dad and I don't want to talk about him. I hate my dad and I don't want to talk about him. And I'm like... All we could have done to follow that up with was, and if I think about him too long, I'm going to start having those feelings again. And like, I just can't go there. Or like, my heart starts to race when he asks about my father and I, the world starts to spin and I pull back from it. Like, that's all great. You know, all of this stuff mm -hmm. is 50% in. No, it's too late. Like in the, uh, in the synopsis, it says his plans got derailed when his dad shipped him off to a, a pray the gay away. We don't learn about that very specific thing until 75% into the book. Yeah. So when we're like, I agree, but see, okay. So here's the thing. So he gets triggered by seagulls. It makes sense at the end, but because there's absolutely no context where there's the scene where he hears the seagulls and it really bothers him. And then he like, 
finds a dead fish and throws it in the lake. And I'm like, I know that this is meant to be significant, but I have no context for the significance of it. See, and like, I that, don't understand. Is that where he was triggered? Cause did that happen before or after he was washing the dishes? That happened right before. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, yeah. I guess I didn't even remember so the, that part. I remembered the dishes part. So the dishes felt like what was triggering him, but yeah, no, you're I right. remembered that scene because it felt so weird and like out of nowhere. Yeah, no, that makes so, total anyway, sense. Anyway, but what, what I don't understand is then why the fact that he was sent to a conversion therapy camp w was a reveal. Like, I don't know why that needed to be a surprise to us. Cause it, 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 if we had known that a couple moments that he's like, Oh, that place I ended up going to or whatever. But like, it wasn't enough to give context to everything that was going on. And then what I also found really weird is that Cooper, an army vet did not recognize the symptoms of PTSD soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, I I didn't understand that really. I mean, I understand that he he got it and he he knew how to address it, but one of the things I didn't like, the one moment that of Cooper that stood out, he was like, I could tell he was in pain and I wanted to heal him with my body. I was like, "No. Mm -mm. What? That's not that is not Oh, look at you crying. Oh. Let's have sex over it." No. Mm. -mm. Yeah. That's yeah. The first time they have penetrative sex is exactly when Sean is in the throes of like an episode, and it has so many feels and feels so broken and wants the pain to go away. And I'm just like, stop it, stop. Yeah, especially since anyway. all of his feelings are directly related to whether or not sex with another man is sinful. <laughs> like. Yeah, he has this whole thing where he basically calls Cooper a slut a couple times. And, like, one Cooper's offended. And I'm like, listen, I speak for all gay men. But as a gay man, I'm like, oh, the idea of being a slut is patriarchal, patriarchal heteronormative bullshit. And it, it bounces off of me like I'm wearing, like I have a force field. I have a slut force field where I will not be sex shamed <laughs> by anything that I do with another consenting adult. Or other consenting adults. Um, anyway. So then Cooper's like, okay, don't call people a slut. Uh, and then also let's sort of dive into this. And like, there's reasoning to it. Like it's, I like, see, this is the thing. It, it, and I, I'm sure this is true of somebody's experience, but like he, Sean growing up had been told like, oh, gay people are sluts. They're promiscuous. But then he also, like, watched Queer's Folk and how in a lot of times, like, it, some sometimes it celebrates, you know, getting out there and getting yours. And other times it's just like, no, that's, like, a thing that people do, but that's not what I want. And it, like, there's no slut shaming. I haven't seen the whole series, so maybe, I don't know. But, so it's, like, I don't understand. Ugh, what I, it. it it all felt muddled to me. Sean as a character and his experiences and his point of view all felt very muddled to me. I agree. I, I mean, I liked having this. Uh, I kind of enjoyed a character with like the self-hate that he kind of had to work through, but I didn't think it came from, I, you know, I, I like, I, 
I didn't like that it was like going to be magic penis that was going to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Part of me was like, ooh, this isn't a great love interest character. Like, this is a good character for a regular old book, not a romance, mm-hmm. where a regular old book character has to kind of work through this. <laughs> and that's what the book is about. It's about how, you know, your past can make you feel like you are not worthy and not a human being. And so many, I know so many romances like kind of deal with self-hate and that that's fixed by falling in love with somebody. But like, this is, I don't know, like, I don't think like it was particularly well dealt with here. I did feel like it was written by somebody who is in a much different generation than the person who was going through this particular mm-hmm. thing. And also written by somebody who's not from the place mm-hmm. that this person is from. Like, so, you know, there's just a lot that rang really untrue about this character. Um, that <laughs> was just like, I was like, oh, man. I mean, not like this kid. He's going to have problems with so many things. With it. Like his mother never got married to his father. <laughs> like, come on. Like her family's going to have feelings about that. Uh, but her father's still, you know, the father's still around, apparently. And like in a cult, maybe. I don't know. So like there was a whole lot going on. Yeah. But not really well assembled yeah so then i just have a couple more plot things and then and then one grammar rant and i think we can probably move on um so sean is struggling at school he's not the brilliant poet that he thinks he is and then he has this really weird interaction with one of his professors so he goes to her office hours and she has a japanese last name i forget what it is um and there's a point where they sit down and she's like Oh, do you want some tea? Don't worry. It's not some like weird, fancy Japanese tea. It's just mint tea. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what is happening? And then. You don't need that. No. That was terrible. And then we get into this thing where we find out that, like, because she's sort of asking Sean, basically, like, which is a very good question for a writer to answer, which is like, what do you have? to say that no one else has said before or how are you going to say it in a way that nobody else has said it before and a lot of that stems from you know your experiences as a person and so she's digging into his experiences and saying like oh well that's you know like that's unique about you this other thing is unique about you and then there's this whole thing where they get into the fact that his mom is italian and his dad is persian but he doesn't say who's who he's like oh i'm persian and italian and blah 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 and then she's like was your dad muslim yeah. I was like, how did she know also what does that have to do anyway it's a whole thing um also that's a you know, ridiculous thing to say because there is a like why would you like it feels like it's a very racist thing to just throw out there and say that yeah and then of course she's like I have an assignment for you and I'm going to give you this poetry book to look over. And of course it's haikus and listen, not to say that like you shouldn't be reading haikus or that a Japanese poetry professor would not have a book of haikus, but it's just like, Oh, of course the, the assignment that the Japanese professor who doesn't have the weird Japanese tea gives to her white student or not, you know, like half white student is haikus. Right. And like, and I don't, didn't... what? It also, was so bizarre. I want to read one of his haikus. Um, pepperoni rolls on my favorite Christmas plate alone in my room. 
That's a bad haiku. <laughs> <laughs> I can only assume that, uh, like, I mean, it's evocative in its own way. Uh-huh. I'm going to say that. But um, if, you, if, if she gave him a book of traditional haikus and asked him to write a traditional haiku, sure, we've got, you know, the syllables for it. But all of the haikus are supposed to evoke nature as well. And it's like your relationship to nature and relationship to like how nature evokes like feelings and also like, you know, and they're supposed to be absurdly simple in a way that also breaks your heart and like, like makes you think differently about like the, and have like multiple meanings. Like it's supposed to just like open up like a Pandora's box pepperoni rolls on my favorite Christmas plate alone in my room is just one. It's one. It's a singular feeling. It's as a single person who's having this experience. No other person is having this experience. <laughs> this is all alone. This man's experience. And it is not one we can join in. Like he's inviting us into his experience, which is poetry. And I'm not going to say any of these aren't poetry, but like that's not the way haikus are supposed to work. So anyway, anyway, like nope. <laughs> so this professor basically gets him to do this to start opening up and being vulnerable as a writer. I don't know if haikus the best way to go about doing that, but no, whatever. Um, uh, and then he runs away. <laughs> And then he's like, okay, I'm going to school today. And then he drives back to West Virginia without telling anyone. <laughs> and he shows up at his friend's house. His friend is like, has that guy over he's been talking about at work. And Sean, granted, he's very upset and he's going through some things. Doesn't even take the time to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, hello. Nice to meet you or anything. He just comes in and he's like, my life is fucked up. And then this guy that Richie's talking to is like, so I'm going to go. And Richie's like, yeah, I'll call you later, I guess. Um, and then Sean stays in bed for two days and is obviously going through a really hard time. Richie does the correct thing of uh, telling, calling Cooper and telling Cooper where he is. He's like, hey. Yeah, I thought that was, that was really great. And I was like, oh, yeah. good job. And, he was, and Richie's first um, impulse was to, to call Sean's mom. And he's like, no, I don't want to talk to my mom at all. And Rich is like, okay, I want to honor that, but I definitely need to talk to an adult about this. <laughs> so Coach Cooper, we find out later, he also reaches out to the uncle. Um, so then they all converge on West Virginia. And then it seems like the moral of the story in this situation is to scream at your mom. Yeah. And Even like, listen, it wasn't her fault. And she tried really hard to not get you put in a camp. Yeah. He, so he goes to, he, he talks through this moment where we, he explains the seagulls, which is there was a day that he and his, or like a summer that he and his mom were staying at a lake house or whatever. And there were these, this like house of gay friends, uh, like next door or whatever. And Sean was like, oh my God, they seem like so much fun. And I've had that, ex that experience, like before I know I knew I was gay, seeing like very openly gay men just like being themselves in public. I'm like, oh, fascinating. Um, <laughs> and then 
two men kiss and then they like the mom is upset and moves houses and basically that's when Sean learns like oh I need to hide myself like I can't be myself around my family and I understand that I understand how that's a very hard moment I understand that that is a moment that a lot of people have and I don't want to diminish that experience in any way shape or form but then like showing up out of nowhere and screaming at your mom about it is not the healthiest way to approach that situation. And I understand the anger. Like, obviously he's angry. Obviously he has some anger that he needs to work out. And I get that. And I understand that, like, that's going to be your impulse and that's what you're going to want to do. But he basically tells everyone, I'm going to go scream at my mom now. And everyone's like, okay, I guess that makes sense. (laughs) Instead of, like, maybe you should... um, Talk, talk to a therapist first so that when you do express this anger with your mother, it can be constructive and not damage the relationship that you obviously still have with her. Yeah, so that was I, a little weird for me. It was a little weird. I mean, so his plan to yell at his mother, I wasn't like, I, I, I thought it was a bad plan, but I understood where he was coming from and why he oh, decided sure. to do that right now. And, and like how that could happen and how that could come about. I I, I kind of like you don't understand the adults around him who just like let this happen. Yeah. When we've seen all those adults make much better choices. Yeah. And help him make better choices too. Like it would have been different if it was just like a teenager or a young man in his 20s woke up one day was like I'm having, you know, I'm going through a PTSD cycle. Uh, this is, I'm nearing the end of it. I'm, I had a, you know, I had a revelation and I just need to get this out right now. I'm going to go over to my mother and I'm going to tell her I'm blaming her for all of my problems. And like, I could absolutely see that happening in a void, in Mm -hmm. a void where he didn't have support from other people. (laughs) Yeah. Even Richie was like, I think he, at one point he's like, are you sure that's what you want to do? And then Sean's like, yes, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write and wait for them to get home from church. And then I'm going to go over and scream at them. But even like, I feel like even Richie would have been like, that's probably not the healthiest thing to do right now. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's important for our listeners to understand this is actually his plan. It is not to go over and have a calm conversation with her. It is not to go over and and like calmly say like, I need you to know something that I've discovered that I have feelings about. And I need to unburden myself with this. He's like, no, I'm going to yell at her. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go over and make a scene, which yeah. again, like very drama, we, very drama. <laughs> we understand the impulse, but it's weird <laughs> that nobody else said anything because then taking a step back, then the narrative isn't telling us that that's not a good plan. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Cause like, <sighs> They have done so. Him and his mother actually have done a lot of work Mm -hmm. previous to the narrative starting on their relationship. And if we were to be, I don't know, super, you know, uh, you know, like clinical about it, I guess we could say like, because they've done that work, he feels he can comfortably yell at her and comfortably accuse her of these things and know that their relationship is safe. And like, that's great. <laughs> That's not what it is, though. But it isn't what it is. <laughs> no. It felt like, and this is also fair, because for a long time after he got out of the... Because the dad sent him to the conversion therapy camp without telling the mom. She had nothing to do with it. So for a long time, it was like the two of them against the dad. So when he sort of like unearths these repressed memories, like the 
betrayal feels all the worse because at as far as he knew it was like his mom was an ally of his and then he's like oh no wait it started sooner with you and so i can again i can understand that but then again the narrative is like yes yes this is what you should do now yeah yeah it was weird it wasn't my favorite moment in this book all of my favorite moments were around cooper and how nice he was and how nice he was okay (laughs) so i have one last thing it's a grammar rant um also there's some there's some mistakes in this book that obviously are like old drafts that didn't get completely worked over or like there's there's a chapter that obviously either used to be third person or was from Cooper's perspective because it's a Sean chapter. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. Sean said, and I highlighted it. I was like, no, you're Sean. (laughs) Um, But the thing, (laughs) the thing that drove me absolutely crazy and not because it's breaking a grammar rule, but because it made it harder to read, which is the point of grammar. And like, it's easy for pedantic people to forget that. But breaking up dialogue with new paragraphs when it's the same person talking i like okay i'm gonna read you a passage yes please so this is sean and cooper are being cutesy or whatever and this is from um cooper's point of view so his arms wrap around me really new paragraph i laugh and he slaps my chest lightly stop playing new paragraph Swear to God, Sean, I have never met anything more. I have never meant anything more in my life. So that second paragraph stopped playing because it was a new paragraph. I thought it was Cooper talking, but no, it was still Sean talking. So then when we get to the next paragraph, we says, swear to God, Sean. I'm like, oh, I guess it's Cooper talking now. It was they. So I don't know. I don't. Part of me was like, I know that sometimes uh, like formatting into e-readers gets a little wonky and I, I understand that, but it's as if somebody told this writer like, Oh, if you have a new subject in a paragraph where somebody was talking, it needs to be a new paragraph. And sure you can make that argument, but then if the same person talks again, you need to tell us it's the same person talking because otherwise we're going to think it's the other person talking. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's another paragraph where two different people talk to the same paragraph. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I just, and again, again, like, this isn't like, oh, they're breaking a rule. It's because it made it hard to read. I had to reread those three paragraphs two or three times to make sure I knew who was talking when. Uh, Well, I didn't have that problem uh, because I listened to this on audio. Oh, Claire. So I had... So, and the, the voice actor, he only like did, he, it was only one voice actor for both of them, but he split it up. He had like his normal voice and then he did, he did a Southern, Southern accent for our man and like so even though I it could, constantly talked about how he would hide his accent unless yeah, he, he was did upset not try to hide it like, <laughs> like it was the funniest thing to hear like I hear you. So is that why you're trying to hide your accent so much? And I'm like, man, this guy sounds like he just came out of a mine in the Appalachians. <laughs> if, he, if this is him hiding his accent, imagine what his accent actually sounds like. <laughs> Goodness. Anyway, so that was 
That was all I had to say. Did you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I don't have anything else to add. Okay. So that was um, Heart... Oh, also, again, there was not enough music, despite the fact that the book is called Heart Song, and the cover is an attractive shirtless man holding a guitar. And there's not, only a little bit of music. And do you know what it is? Enough. So this book is part of a series, and every book in the series is by a different writer. So I bet you that A.E. Wasp had this book already. And then someone was like, oh, here, throw in this bookstore in this town. And so they just kind of like added bits in. Yeah. That's yeah. Anyway, that was Heart Song, Vino and Veritas by A.E. Wasp. Yay. Loathe Thy Neighbor, Roommate Romps by Tegan Hunter. Don't fall for your enemy, especially when he's your new roommate. Dean Evans is the worst. Not only does the devil in disguise steal my pie on a regular basis, he also lives in the apartment right next door. I see him all the time, at the mailboxes, in the elevator, every single morning. It's exhausting because he's exhausting. Now, after setting his apartment on fire, he's my new roommate. And he's the worst at that, too. I don't know what possessed me to let him stay with me. Pity, perhaps? I do know that I won't be falling for his charm. Or that panty-dropping smirk, his quick wit, that body he works so hard for. Nope, not falling for any of it. Dot, dot, dot. Least of all, him. There might be a fine line between love and hate, but I know exactly where I stand. Loathe thy neighbors a full-length standalone enemies to lovers, grumpy sunshine, light angst, temporary roommates romantic comedy that will have you laughing and swooning. There's an emotional support turtle, a grumpy cat, and a whole lot of fun! <laughs> There were so many paragraphs. Oh my god. Anyway, so Claire. Uh-huh. That's what the book says it's about. <sighs> that is what the book says it's about. Is that what this book is about? Um <laughs> I wanna call I would like to rename this book and I would like to call it How to Gaslight in both simple and extreme ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh my god. I just Okay, here's a funny story. So uh, last time we talked, Christine had mentioned, wouldn't it be funny if we both read different books or one of us had read an entirely different book on accident? I actually, I did read Loathe Thy Neighbor. I did actually read it, but only after getting halfway through Love Thy Neighbor (laughs) (laughs) and feeling like this feels wrong. Did I send you the wrong link? No. Oh. (laughs) I made mistakes. (laughs) Mistakes were made. Um, And it was, it was funny. So Love Thy Neighbor is, um... (laughs) Is uh, it's it's roommates like they uh, they are two people who are super into each other, Um, but you see them, (laughs) you see the loathe thy neighbor couple at the beginning of love thy neighbor, and I was as I was reading that I was like, this couple sounds so familiar, even though I've never read this book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this sounds like the couple we were supposed to be reading and then i got a little further and i was like oh it is i was wrong so oh gosh claire anyway, i almost pulled a dum-dum oh. that would have been hilarious that and it <laughs> would have been funny to tell you all these different things about characters you didn't read anyway loathe thy neighbor uh dean <laughs> 
<laughs> Can I say really fast that the the little dedication at the beginning of this book is to Sam and Dean Winchester? <laughs> okay. This book is full of chock a block full of like, you know, I, I, pop culture references. But every time it does it, it's like, oh, it's an accidental pop culture reference. Isn't it funny? But I'm like, no, I can f like, like one of their neighbor's name is Lucy and they, and she's an older woman. They later find out she's in the roller derby as a um, referee. So she's a super badass older woman. who's really she's cool. So cool. I love and her they're so like, much. Oh, my nickname out there is lawless. <laughs> And, and and our main character thinks in her head, I mean, it could be lawless because she's such a badass out there, but it's probably more like because she looks like that tall Amazonian woman, uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, Lucy Lawless? Her name is Lucy Lawless. <laughs> it's this funny how she looks like Xena. No. This character's first name is Lucy. You <laughs> named her Lucy. I, you literally, I, I could feel you deciding it. Like, you're like, oh, I named her Lucy. You know what would be funny is if her nickname was Lawless. It's not funny. It's not a reference. It's, you're just connecting dots. I was, oh, I was like, I, I'm, an, I'm done. I was also like, so our main character, Dean Evans, again, his name is Dean. And there's so many pops. She's like, oh, he does kind of look like Dean Winchester. The names are just the same. I don't like. There is no. a point too, because her he's a teacher, and uh, our our main girl's name is River. Her best friend's son is one of Dean's students, and the best friend's son name is Sam. So there's yeah. a point at the beginning where they're chit chatting, and she's like, of course, because they're Sam and Dean, and I'm like, who who is that for? Yeah. Like, because I, I the thing about Sam and Dean Winchester is that you're trying to decide who to fall in love with at any given moment. You can't do that with a ten-year-old boy. No, I I didn't appreciate the references. I, they they did, made no sense to me. They weren't funny. They weren't cute. One of the other references that comes up is Dean has a pet turtle, and he loves this pet turtle and takes it everywhere with him. Um, and the pet turtle's name is Leo. And, every, and like some people at some point make fun of him. They're like, huh, you idiot. You named him after one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ugh, you, that's such an idiot thing to do to name a turtle after a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And I was like, why? It's adorable. Also, like, I think that's fun. Also, he was always Leonardo. Right. They Nobody were always their full ever names. referred to Leo, Leonardo as Leo. Yeah. And, but so they make fun of him for it, which is, I don't know. We'll get into that in a second. Yep. And then, and he's like, no, it's, it's from Leo Tolstoy. <laughs> I was like, why though? I don't care. <laughs> why did you name your turtle Tolstoy? <laughs> like, the thing is the the like everything in this book is banter 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 but it's not good banter it's terrible banter <laughs> mean cruel unusable banter like okay neil i sent you a document and i would like yes. you to read um number two so okay. i'll be number one you read number two okay 
Your pants are on fire. My pants are always on fire. I know, but I wanted to bring it up now. I love my on fire pants, but I hate it when people point it out. I know, but I love pointing them out because I like making you mad. Well, your pants are also on fire. That's for different reasons. I like bringing up your reasons because I like making you mad. We are best friends, but I'll never say it out loud. We are best friends, but I'll never say it out loud either. Your pants are on fire. I hate you. I know. (laughs) That just have just imagine that conversation just with like just put in a different adjective and a different thing so m&ms and green um music and loud uh milk and creamer like pie and cherry like yeah instead of pants and fire like and now you've got the entire book page after page of this nonsensical mean banter (laughs) (laughs) i I was i got so tired of it (laughs) Just like, just say real things to each other. And I got really frustrated. Okay, I'll get to the plot in a second. I promise. I got really frustrated with it. Okay, I have to get to the plot now because now uh, now there's a plot thing. So here's the thing. (laughs) I am so frustrated by this book. Dean and River have lived, uh, have been neighbors to each other for a year. Uh, River doesn't like Dean because... Uh, Dean plays his music real loud. He only seems to play one song over and over, which is, which is, uh, just give me that old time rock and roll. And so honestly, yeah, fuck Dean. That song is good once a year. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're good. You don't need it more than that. Anyway, so upset with Dean for playing his music too loud. Um, and also upset because everybody in this building goes to the cafe downstairs and they all enjoy it at the same time. And Dean is, like you said, the teacher of, our, of River's best friend's kid. And so they all end up going to breakfast together all the time. And River's entire personality is that she likes cherry pie. So when cherry pie is out, her personality breaks into a billion pieces and she can no longer sustain herself as a human being. So Dean often takes that pie because that is the cruelest thing that you can do to her. And he enjoys being cruel to her. But then we find out later that the cute thing he does is that he the other pie he gets for her, he pays for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because why gaslighting? Because forever gaslighting. He gaslights her for a year. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. And so he hates her because uh, when he very first moved in, her cat snuck over next door and destroyed his couch, which is a good reason to dislike somebody. But that's pretty much it on his side oh and then one time and then he thinks that she complained to the building about his loud music even though she didn't and it's never resolved who actually did right also it i feel like we were meant to believe that she had and then when she says but i haven't and i'm like wait what when i feel like i was lied to a lot in this book oh yeah you were also gaslit neil yes thank you because there are points in this book where they lie to each other And you don't know what's true or not until the next chapter where they admit to either doing the thing they were saying they didn't do or they admit to not doing it, but saying they did for fun reasons to be to get the other person angry. 
So you never know. These are two unreliable narrators at yes. some point. You don't know what's true from either of them at a certain point. <laughs> it's just so frustrating. So anyway, these two people uh, hate each other and they hate each other vocally. One night when our when River is just trying to relax in a bath, she hears, give me that old time rock and roll again. And she wants to, um, I thought she was going to burn down the building. But no, she just goes over, she knocks on the door and very politely says, fucking turn off your music. He is, he's just like, oh my God, you're only in a towel and that's super sexy. They start having an argument. Our man Dean has bacon on the, on the stove, has ignored it. She sees it. Uh, he tries to put out the fire with water. Uh, it makes the fire worse. She's able to put it out with something else. And then he's burnt out of his apartment. She feels vaguely guilty about this. So she invites him to stay at her apartment because she has an extra bedroom that she's using as an office. He agrees. And that's where, you know, the, the roommate situation begins. Can I say, interject something very quickly? Yes, please. Is that from the offset, we know that uh, Dean is attracted to her or finds her attractive. Yeah. Um. But then he says, but he's like, well, obviously nothing's going to happen because she hates me. Also, I find her obnoxious because she keeps calling Lucy on me. So, you know, but sometimes I get hard when I see her because she's hot. It's like when I look at uh, a table and see a knot in the wood that looks like a pussy. Yeah. It's literally what he says. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Just, yeah, and he, then I he imagine gets, he gets that, turned out, turned on by tables. Imag- I imagine that he's with his dude, bro, Nolan. And he's like, he like, he'll like rub his finger over the knot and be like, Oh dude, it looks like a pussy. <laughs> that didn't happen, but I imagine that happening. I've also never heard any main character in any of our books, even the erotica ones talk about their cock so much. <laughs> he talks about his cock a lot. All the time. All the time he's talking about his cock. And I, <laughs> and he says cock. And I'm like, can we, oh, I just, can we just not, why do we have to, uh. anyway, so their roommate, you know, adventure begins. And immediately the next day, she's like, hey, why'd you drink all my cream? And he's like, I didn't. And she's like, you did, because my creamer is empty right now. And he's like, uh, two of us live here. So obviously it couldn't have been me. And then there's a long argument where they're talking about who could have possibly drank the cream. And he's like, well, you should have bought more when we were at the store last night. And she's like, I didn't have to because I didn't need any. And he's like, you could have. You try, you know, like back and forth, back and forth. And in the next chapter, he's like, I totally drank the cream. Fuck you. Fuck you, man. Yeah. Fuck you. And then here's the thing that she does that is never given an explanation for, and I don't understand why she does this. She does not give him a key to her apartment. Nope. Uh, She never goes and makes a copy. She never goes and gets the copy of her key that exists from her friend, which he actually also could have asked her for because he's also friends with that person. But anyway... So also she continues to use the room as an office while he's using it as a bedroom. So she'll just walk into that room at like 1130 at night and be like, I have to answer a work email. Even though she has a work laptop that she keeps at work. Yeah. Which why isn't bitch? Why isn't everything in the cloud? Like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> Why do you need a different laptop? Just, yeah. So, oh. or just move your fucking computer into your bedroom. Um, see, and the, here's the things. Because you and I are reasonable people, Neil. For the most part. Um, you know, I think uh, we are not built on just our minor foibles of liking a pie. <laughs> like our whole character isn't built on that so reasonably we could have adult conversations she cannot because she her entire relationship with the world is whether or not they've eaten her pie mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you like know she almost beats up an old man because he ordered the pie before she could yeah <laughs> what's what i found disappointing too is they move in together, and then we have very few scenes of them being roommates alone in the apartment. Yeah. And so the book opens with her at this cafe waiting for her friend and her, I guess, godson. And she has sorted out all of her M&Ms so that she just has a bowl of the green ones. Because according to her, they taste better. So it's like, oh, this is establishing that she's very particular and fastidious and like kind of quirky or whatever so i was imagining that there'd be a conversation of her being like no you have to put the dish sponge on the left side of the sink not the right side of the sink and then like kind of like an odd couple situation where he's like it's just a sponge and she's like no no no, i need it to be very particular but none of that happened no and there were so many openings for it like there was the beginning of that draft where that existed like um it, like he had wet socks on because uh he stepped in some water that that he had accidentally spilled in the kitchen and he takes them off right away because he hates the feeling of wet socks fine that don't make sense and he stuffs them in his pocket they're about to head out for lunch and he remembers he's got wet socks balled up in his pocket he turns around and just chucks them back into the apartment now, here's the point where she, as the person who's very fastidious and likes her apartment a certain way, would say, like, you can't just do that. You can't just leave shit in my apartment. Uh, no, she's just weirded out that he chucked them in. And he's like, I didn't want socks. I wanna, didn't want to take wet socks into the restaurant. And she's just like, oh, fine, whatever. I'm like, wait, now we're having arguments over nothing? Yeah. So then, like, what was the point of the whole thing with the green M&Ms? No, like, there, was, there was no point to it. Ugh. Because it doesn't really build her character, except that she's quirky in kind of a way, I guess. I guess. Well, and the thing is, like, it points out that he's more fastidious than she is. Because uh, he's also, like, a very clean person. But the thing is, it does keep talking about moments where they enjoyed each other's company. And, like, had regular old person conversations that built their relationship. But they refer to those in the past tense. Like at one point they watched a, a, a baseball game together and enjoyed each other's company and just enjoyed watching the game together. But we only hear that about that in the past tense and only like vaguely. There was another moment where she talks about um, she feels bad for him because he's sleeping on the air mattress and the air mattresses aren't comfortable. She refers back to a moment where they tried to go back into his apartment and get his mattress and that they talked about it. And it sounds like reasonably, uh, you know, they, they both tried to lift the mattress and then they both could smell the smoke on it. And we're in like, there was still water and it was a little waterlogged. And they're like, this isn't going to work. Like we can't do it. And they both decided that in a very reasonable way. Like they both tried to do something together. And I was like, that's, I would have liked that scene. I would have nope. liked to see. 
But we but, can't get that? <laughs> no, what we did need to see was the pointless scene where they were at the roller derby and we discovered that the whole apartment complex was betting on their relationship. And when it came out, River had no idea what was going on despite context clues. Yeah, uh, she had to have explained to her what a pool was. Oh, we all had a pool about whether or not you were going. And she's like, a what? And he goes, you know, a betting pool. And it was like, who needed that explained? Like, was it the audience that needed that explained? Again, except we already saw money change hands. So you can guess that it isn't a pool pool. (laughs) Like they didn't like put together a massive amount of water over whether or not they were getting together. What or is she not adult enough to know what a betting pool is? No, we also needed like all of the scenes other than sex. All of the scenes that really develop the relationship are scenes where other people are telling them that they have feelings for each other, and not situations like with the mattress where they actually like work together. And I'm like, why is this? And then also this writer's favorite thing to do uh, was, oh well, why didn't you tell me that you and Dean kissed? How did you find out? I didn't, but now I did. Like, that happened to her, like, six times. It happened to her six times, and it happened to him twice. And I didn't need that. And and this was also, this is a hilarious thing to me. Like, having a discussion, when you have sex with your roommate that you didn't expect to have, like, like you didn't expect to have sex with this person, and they decide in a very adult, you know, moment you know, a brief one that they should talk about what this means. Like, what are the boundaries of this? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good thing. You guys. And, and both of them are like kicking themselves for like, Oh, why do we even have to talk about it? I'm like, cause it's important. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. Them talking about their very casual situation is one of the straightest things I have ever heard in my entire life. Oh my God. It was so dumb. I like to read a quote. Yes, please. This is her. Right. And no butt stuff. No sleeping around with other people either. And he says, we can circle back around to the butt stuff conversation later. It's like, oh, it needs to be monogamous and boys want to stick it in girls' butts. Isn't that funny? I'm like, oh, (laughs) God, it's so straight. Oh, God. I did appreciate the sex scene where, uh, because we don't have toys a lot in straight books. Yes, that was a good... Though she also didn't understand what was happening. Oh, my God. He was like, oh, I know you have a vibrator. And she's like, yeah, and? And he's like, and they're in bed. And he's like, I want to see you use it. And she's like, wait, what? I don't understand. But, like, you're here. But, like, the vibrator, too? It's like, this is not hard, River. No, it's not difficult at all. And, I mean, I also didn't need it spelled out for me that he'd, like... Like, also, I don't need him. To, like he, he had, like the way he says it is, I want to see what makes you come, which was great, super sexy, so I can uh-huh. learn. Okay, I guess. And it, but then the way he followed that up with was like, so that he would know how to do it. And I'm like, yeah, but also we could just sometimes have toys in the bed. <laughs> like sometimes we can just use a vibrator. Like it's not doesn't necessarily have to be a teachable moment. You could just like fucking enjoying seeing me get myself off <laughs> that's okay Ugh. um but no no like because it felt like at soon some point he was gonna feel like he was so good at this he was gonna replace the toys and i was like no you're not um 
But I, I also appreciated that she hinted that that wasn't her only toy. Mm-hmm. That she had several, and this happened to be her favorite. And I was like, get it, girl. Yes. This is great. I will say, in this book's favor, both of these characters talking talk about having had sex with other people before and having been in relationships with other people before. And it felt true. Yes. That felt they, true. These both, both of, felt like adults who had had sex before. <laughs> and it wasn't always bad. Like, it, like yes. the, this with the two of them, it's the best it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And they both have had, like, you know, disappointments in general with the larger population of, you know, people who were, you know, they had sex with. But on the whole, they've had good times, too. Yeah. So I liked that. I also really liked that they also had, like, well, I mostly liked it that they had a strong social network. Like both of them had friends and both of them had supportive friends. Okay. We ha- no, we have to talk about Maya. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before we get into that, they both had the only friends that they have are people who are obviously in other romance books. Yes. And that meant we have to get into their quirky backstories in rapid fire succession whenever we meet them and i'm like no if it's not important to this plot i don't care i do not care what this i don't care if this guy is single or not he can just be a dude he can just be a dude if it's plot important i want to know about it nope i have to like this lady in you know loathe thy neighbor she's already in her mind and good for her get it girl she's already like i got six other fucking books i gotta sell (laughs) but here's the thing if you do a good job of fleshing out those characters you don't have to give us the backstory we know what type of romance it's going to be before we even read the back of the book right okay maya is a judgmental bitch um So there's a point where, first of all, she loves telling uh, River what to do. And then River's like, oh, I went out with this guy that you told me to give a second chance to. And Maya's like, how was it? And River's like, it was fine. We went to a bar. He ordered a strawberry daiquiri. And Maya's like, what? That's so weird. Are you kidding me? He's such a fucking loser. What the fuck? I'm like, why? It's a, it's a. It's just a drink. And then Maya's so quick to tell her what to do and why she's doing everything wrong. And then she'll like contradict her own advice all the time. And then we find out that Maya got pregnant with her son at 16. And I'm not saying that she deserves judgment for that, but I know that she received judgment for that from Uh society. So maybe be a little more empathetic to other people in their situations and not be so judgy. Yep, 100%. Oh, God. Something that really solidified to me reading these books is something that happens a lot in romance novels is the flow of a conversation will be interrupted by like four pages of internal dialogue so that when the conversation picks back up again, I have no idea what they're talking about anymore. It's like, what's your favorite type of pie, Dean? And then it's four pages about how he feels this kind of way about this and this weird thing with his brother and his mom and then how he will never find love again. And then he just goes, pumpkin. It's like, what are you talking about? That was four pages ago. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Yeah, no, that was, it was incredible. It was incredible every single time. I was like... It happened in the other book too. I mean, it happens in a lot of these books. 
happens in so many books and in, but in a lot of books, it disappears. Like it does feel like time has paused. Like it's not continuing to move forward. Like it's, it's a separate section. We've kind of, we're going to get into this moment, like, you know, whatever, like we, I don't feel like it's cliffhanged on like another thought. I feel right. like we transition into this like other moment of this character, like thinking like, like he would say something like, you know, like, what's your favorite pie? Pumpkin. As we dig into our pies, I think to myself, I actually haven't had my favorite kind of pie since I was a kid. I don't like to, I, I don't like to get pumpkin pie from anywhere except my grandma because my grandma would make it with lavender and right from her garden. And I remember as a kid, like, blah, there we are. Like, yeah. we're not cli- and not like here, five, five pages after I talk about the death of my grandmother. Oh, pumpkin. Like all the time. Like there was this one moment where she was having a serious conversation with another person. And she just like five pages later answers that person's question after she gets into why she started her business. Right. But it's like, if, if the conversation is important, don't expect us to hold on to it in five pages. Because this this like internal monologue stuff is supposed to be interesting and juicy and more interesting and juicy than whatever the conversation is. So like I uh, um another another thing. So I get not understanding your own feelings. Sure, whatever. But there's a point this writer did this kind of a lot. There's a point where at this point River and Dean, they're about to, like, hook up for the first time or kiss or whatever. So they have, like, physically touched each other before in a strictly plutonic situations. But in this time, now that it's all romantical and whatnot, it's not like this is the first time Dean's touched me. He had me plastered against him in the diner just two nights ago, but I was too focused on food to pay attention to what it felt like to be in his arms. If the way it feels to have his hand on my leg is any indication, I missed out big time. And it's like, oh, so she was just not paying attention to this important moment as opposed to, oh, why does it feel different? Because time has passed and we've like furthered our relationship. So why does it feel different? It's not, if you're pointing out something is different, it's not because your character didn't notice something beforehand. It's because the relationship has changed and furthered and developed. That's what's different. Not the, oh, I wasn't paying attention to, obviously you were in that moment when you were pinned up in the bathroom at the diner or whatever. We know you were paying attention. We know you weren't thinking about food because we were inside of your head. But now it's like, oh, I just forgot. Or it was, I didn't notice. It's like, no, the, the relationship has progressed. That's what's different. That's what you need to touch on. Anyway. That's my that's that's my rant. Yeah, no, and it is a good rant. <sighs> good lord. Good lord. Uh no, I mean I would say like the sex parts of this book, a lot of them were great. I was totally <laughs> fine was, with the sex. The sex parts. was good. Um these were the two, like, I would say these are the two most abysmal characters I've read, Duh. except for the fact that I also read another book in the series. <laughs> and let me tell you, Love Thy Neighbor is worse. Oh, no. <laughs> I hated those two people more. Like, it was, oh, I liked these two characters better than the Love Thy Neighbor oh, ones. Uh, I mean, we've got, like, 
you know, lots of gaslighting happening in in this book, but oh, the romantic hero in the other book is a controlling, manipulative prick. Yay. Holy That's shit. That's sexy. Like, the whole book, he's like, I'm just going to teach her the right things to do. Like, every fucking sentence is like, doesn't, why doesn't she know any better? <sighs> That's really sexy. So. I am a sexy baby. Sexy. Um, last thing from me before uh-huh. we call it a day on this particular book. Um, so our, our girl's like business that she started on her own is called making waves. I don't know what that means. I also don't know what her business was. I think it just sells knickknacks. It was a clothing boutique. Yes. Making waves. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like I was like, also, does it sell? Like I kept thinking like, at first I thought it was a hairstylist place. Like I was like, that makes sense. Like making waves. And then I was uh-huh. like, oh no, it's a boutique of some sort. Is Does it sell like, oh, I, you know, it's very cute. I bet it's selling swimsuits, like boutique swimsuits. That's uh-huh. fucking adorable. Or like reclaimed wood sculptures and yeah. sea glass art. Oh, sea glass art for making waves. Totally. And it made me realize, no, no, no. Businesses have pun names, not because it's funny and cute for Claire reasons. No, no, no. It's so that you know what the fuck they're selling. (laughs) There's a point to further gaslighting um, where we find out that in the year or whatever that they've known each other, he always goes to her store to buy gifts for his mom and and his sister. Um, so he's like, she finds out that he's been secretly supporting her business this whole time. And she's talking to one of her employees and she's like, yeah, he's always, he always comes when you're not here. Cause he knows you'd kick him out when it, the entire book, the entire book has been telling us that she's there every day, yeah. all day, every day. You told me, you have told me specifically, like there's a point where they like have their falling out because he, he, he moves out after she doesn't ask him to stay. And she's mad at him for that. Anyway. So she's like, I did, I did something that I've only ever done twice before. I called out sick. So it's like, you have told me that you were in that store every day. When did he come in when you're not there? If you're there all day, every day, don't gaslight me book. Also, there's a moment where it says, uh, she's first, first and last out. Nope. Every time she walks into that store, uh, there's somebody somebody else there. (laughs) Every fucking time, every Every fucking time. time. Right. All right. I do one last thing, and then I and then I promise I'm done. I do appreciate that the the one year later thing wasn't them getting married; it was them just having dated and deciding to move back in together again. I was like, okay, I feel good about that. Yeah, I mean, there was things in this book that I didn't hate. Lucy. Yeah, I like Lucy. <laughs> oh, you know, the turtle was fine. The turtle was fine. Leo. Leo, Leo was great. Leo, like every time that he put his like little hand against the terrarium, Leo would like bonk it with his nose. Oh, I'm like that's fucking cute. Leo was cute. Yeah. Okay, was that it? That's it. That was "Loathe Thy Neighbor, Roommate Romps" by Tegan Hunter. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. 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 Fuck
<laughs> okay. Claire. Yes. Are you ready? I am ready. To play. To play. Fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. Do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, I would like you to go first. Okay. Claire. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. River and Dean. Sean and Cooper. Or Joey and Chandler. Okay. Say that again. River and Dean. Uh-huh. Sean and Cooper. Or Joey and Chandler. Oh. So roommates. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, and I was like, who are famous roommates? I guess Joey and Chandler work. They probably yeah. fucked at some point. They should. The, yeah. Well, originally Chandler was supposed to be gay. No, it would have been great if he was. Yeah. Um, so much of his character would have made so much more sense. Um, <laughs> right. Um, I think I am going to marry Sean and Cooper. Okay. Uh, cause I think they are, um, I don't know. They're like, they're great. And, uh, I mean, Cooper's great and I would like to be married to Cooper. So, uh, you know, we'll deal with Sean later. Um, I'm going to fuck, uh, <laughs> I'm going to fuck Chandler and Joey. Uh, one, I know Joey's good at it. Mm-hmm. I know he's good at it. So. I bet Chandler is too. I bet Chandler is a very attentive lover. It is in, it is in canon that Chandler becomes very good at it. <laughs> yeah. It is canon in the story. So yeah, and I, 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 so yeah, well, I'll go. You know, the two of them. That sounds like fun. And I bet, I, you know, I bet it would be a good evening. They would be weird about it though, because that show is just full of gay panic. <sighs> Yeah, we'll wait until I fuck him. <laughs> um, and I am going to kill Dean and River because mm-hmm. that's fine. They're yep. good all by themselves. I don't. Yep. I don't. I do not need to get involved in that messy, messy relationship. Yeah, fair. Um, I'm also going to kill River and Dean. I think I'm going to fuck Sean and Cooper. I I I, ugh, I can't wish on, um, and I guess I'm gonna marry Joey and Chandler, which I because I dislike Joey, but I dislike Sean more, so I think that's what I'm gonna have to deal with. Yeah. I don't like characters where their joke is just that they're stupid. Like if it's that they're stupid, but like accidentally insightful or that they're stupid, but like something else, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But if the joke is just that somebody is stupid, I, I, I find those characters really obnoxious. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I feel like the good place did it well with it's Jason character who is supposed, who is like just stupid, but he is also like. He has touches of insight, you know, he's mm-hmm. caring and yeah, he's also very genuine. He's very genuine. And also like, um, he's a himbo. He's such a himbo and he is very sexy. Whereas he's like also Joey very... in the first couple seasons is a sexual predator. <sighs> they are all sexual predators. Every single one of those characters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think should let any of them alone with people. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's my turn. Yes. So Neil. Yes. Cherry pie. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Apple pie. 
Okay, I want to fuck apple pie. That's not my favorite. I actually, I don't like a lot of apple desserts because they usually involve a lot of cinnamon and I'm not a big cinnamon fan. Interesting. Okay. But I'll fuck an apple pie. I'm going to kill a cherry pie. I, I just don't like cherries. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, listen, if somebody handed me a like homemade, really good cherry pie, I'd probably be like, I get it. But when I think of cherry pie, I think of like Marie Callender's with the goopy maraschino red nonsense. And I'm like, that does not appeal to me. Um, and I'm going to marry pumpkin pie because <laughs> it's so fucking good. And I love it so much. I know that I know it's because I'm a white, but I love it. It's so I, good. I don't think it's because you're no a uh, pumpkin pie uh, is definitely something that was brought over by um, by uh, by the forced migration of people from Africa. Oh, good. <laughs> that is, and it is a deep, pumpkin pie is also a deeply southern food. Like, sure. <laughs> so I don't think you have to. Nah, not because you're a white. It's because it's good. <laughs> it's because it's fucking delicious. What about you, Claire? Um, I'm going to fuck pumpkin pie because I do like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, a good cherry pie. And it's really hard to find a good cherry pie. Mm-hmm. I think so many places mess it up. Um, like, it's like the, it can just go awry so quickly. And I think that's what makes it special. Like, when it's a really good cherry pie, it's a fucking good cherry pie and mm. um like if, if you know like if i could find a place that actually does it right yeah i would ma- i would marry that place i wouldn't like you know build my entire character around it no that's your entire personality now my whole personality is based on how good that pie is so i guess yep. i'm gonna marry that i'm gonna and kill now you're apple gonna, you're gonna beat up senior citizens for taking your pie 100 percent. i'm gonna kill apple not because i don't like it because i fucking love a good apple pie but just because that's you know the the choices that are laid out before us them's the rules Ends the rules. Yep. Uh, and of out of all the characters, Claire? Um, well, I'm going to marry Cooper. Uh-huh. Because he's great and an adult and has a house by the lake and a dog. Um, and Stumpy. Named Stumpy. And I like him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays the guitar and makes his own music that's fucking hot. Um... Oh, then here's where it gets a little difficult. Um, <laughs> I, okay. Okay. Let me, okay. Um, <laughs> Dean's I love watching friend. you. Oh, Nolan? Nolan? I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck Nolan. Gross. Okay. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Uh, he was smart. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He didn't get butt hurt when when you know they sat down on the couch and was like, "Hey, you know," and she's like, oh, "You only like to watch it for the same reason I do because their men's butts are great." And he's like, "No, I'm not into that." And she's like, "Yes, you are." And he goes, "Okay, why not?" <laughs> and like, Cause, great. Cause she's twelve. Because she's 12, but 100%, he's not playing that game. Like, he's not playing the I'm just going to argue for no reason game. There is one 
really it was like the tiniest little scene in that book that i actually really enjoyed is that uh dean had nolan over at her apartment while he was staying there to watch the game and he got up to like go to the bathroom or something and they this is after they started hooking up and they pass in the hallway and she just like flashes him and then walks on as if nothing had happened and i was like that was cute and i really liked it i thought that was cute too but that brings me to one of the reasons i really like nolan like Nolan comes over and she's like, oh, why did you brought, you invited someone over without telling me? And Nolan immediately knows that's bad. He's like, yeah. oh, and he even warned his friend. He's like, are you going to tell her that I'm coming over first? Like I, it's early in your roommate thing to just be inviting people over. Like you guys got to get a better rhythm first. Like he knows that that's not kosher. And I'm like, that is the bare minimum I ask of people in this book. And nobody wants to meet that bar except Nolan. <laughs> Fair. So anyway, Nolan gets fucked because he meant the bare minimum. <laughs> oh, to be a straight lady. I know, right? Um, so, but I am going to kill Dean because he is a gaslighting motherfucker. Fair. And I'm done with it. Fair. And you? Uh, I'm also going to marry Cooper. Oh my God. He's so sweet. There's a part two where he talks about where sometimes he wakes up and he gets out of bed and he's a little thrown because in his dream, he still had two legs, Yeah. but he only has one now. Uh, um, like he, he, he has enough, um, about him. That's like, quote, broken that's like oh i want to help you but it's not he's not actually broken he just like has life challenges that he has to deal with like the rest of us but it's just it touches my heart and that dog oh my god stumpy and i want to live on the lake i cannot <laughs> help him with the renovations no no i'm Sorry. i mean i could probably follow very specific directions like that is like if he was like okay here i need you to cut all of these boards to this length i'd be like i can do that oh i can do that yeah i know yeah. how to use power tools yeah for Again, simple things specific instructions yeah 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 and he'd be so understanding about that he'd be so supportive Oh like, yeah, he'd be like, "Hold this while I hammer the thing." And yeah, like, yeah, and it, and we'd be like, "Oh my god, but I'm not even doing all that much. I'm not d- doing half as much as you are." And he'd be like, "Yeah, but I need you to help me with this, and you're helping with it, so I appreciate it." And then I'd blow him, because um, <laughs> you're helpful. Because <laughs> I'm <laughs> good. Um, I'm gonna fuck Dean because he's. It seems like he's good at it. But he is both a terrible neighbor and a terrible roommate. So obviously I'm not going to date him. I'm just going to use him for his body and to like say hi to Leo and get a free slice of pie. Listen, he can get all the cherry pie he wants as long as he buys me a different type of pie. I'll be fine. (laughs) Um, And then I'm going to kill Maya because like she's a terrible friend. Everything, everything out of her mouth is her telling River that everything she's doing is wrong, even when she's contradicting something that she told her earlier in the book. I'm like, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. So you're gone. <sighs> and the books, Claire? Um, well, uh, I'm going to kill Loathe Thy Neighbor. Uh-huh. I did not enjoy the process of reading that book. Yeah. Um, it was just not enjoyable for me at all. Um, and I am going to fuck Heart Song, if only for Cooper's sake. 
<laughs> Fair. Fair. But yeah, it was, uh, I would say like, Heart Song was an easier read in a lot of ways. Like it was more enjoyable to read. <laughs> See, I found it harder to read because it like, after the first couple scenes, it was so slow for a long time. Like it took me longer than I should have, than it should have for me to read it because I would like get 10 pages in and then I'd be falling asleep. I mean, to be fair, I also listened to it. So, yeah. you know, I was just propelled along by the high speed narration. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's enjoyable to sure listen to books. Sure. Um, I'm going to kill both of them. Um, Loathe thy neighbor. Like it had energy. It, it had movement. Parts of it were fun, but overall it's just like, it's not like lying to each other because you piss each other off is not cute and not a foundation for a romance. And then again, again, it's like the narrative telling a woman, Oh, your dumb, dumb lady brain didn't realize that you were attracted to him all this time. And you just decided to hate him because a couple things about him annoy you. Oh, you and your dumb, dumb lady brain. Like it's, I'm so bored of it. I'm so fucking bored of it. I, Anyway, so I'm going to kill the book. Um, and then I'm going to kill Heart Song. It just, like, there were so many times that it could, like, I could see it on the way to becoming something better and more fulfilling. And it just, like, fell flat every single time. Um, I'm going to, obviously, before I kill it, I'm going to rescue Cooper and keep him in my heart. In a little pocket in my heart. Um, and the dog and Stumpy. And Richie. Richie was fun. Um, but yeah, it just like, it, it was, it was clumsy and it was not super fun to read. And then when Sean wasn't suddenly having, you know, like character development or character challenges that were never alluded to, to begin with, otherwise he was just so boring because again, someone was just like, I don't even know what flirting is. I don't know what it's, what's a date? Oh my God, what's kissing? I've heard about it, but I don't know what it is. Like, I'm, I'm so bored of it. I am so fucking bored of it. <sighs> Anyways, I'm going to kill both of them. All right. I think it's totally reasonable. Yeah. Well, then I think it's time for our favorite game. <gasps> Christine. Yes. Yes. yes! yes! Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm also excited. I don't know. Okay. Like. I'm never going to get him. You don't know uh, if I'm going to get it. I'm not going to get it. Spoiler. I'm not going to get it. Like part of me has picked these two books in part because of the titles. And mm. I like, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure one of them is a romance novel. And <laughs> the other one is a romance novel-ish. It's YA, so oh. you know how YA gets. Like, you hate YA. No, I know, but like, anyway, you'll know why I picked these books okay. from the titles. You ready? Okay. Night Gardening, a novel by E.L. Swain, and The Midnight Gardener by R.G. Thomas. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is it gardening? 
It is. It's gardening. Ah, yes. <laughs> See, because they both have night in them, I'm like, oh, is it cemeteries? Are you in your gardens? Are you in your bone gardens at night? Oh, God, that would be good. Yeah, no, I mean, and they're both about night gardening. I know. I was like, for a second, I was like, she's trying to trick me. It's really about like a lawnmower repair or something. But <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's probably that in it. But probably, no, like, yeah. Both like gardening books. Oh my god! Okay. I cannot wait to hear about these. <laughs> yes. Good. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I was also excited just to find two books that were so like, like similarly titled. I was like, so, oh, yeah, wow. so very specifically about wow. when you're gardening. Night gardening at night, which is the sexiest gardening. I have to say, I did have a little fantasy that I might like have a real cute meet at the Philadelphia Flower Show, but no, unless I wanted to meet somebody who was like in their eighties. <laughs> so on like a Thursday morning. It was like it was not the time for it. But uh, gentlemen of Philadelphia, please go to the Flower Show next year. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you, Claire. Oh, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. We super appreciate that you have given, that you have allowed us. Well, I guess you didn't allow us and you didn't give us anything. We bought these books and uh, we're trampling all over your dreams. And that's sort of our job. But let me thank you so much for your hard work. Thank you for putting the, that out there and thank you for giving people the opportunity to read your books and yeah we bought them so jokes on us <laughs> thank you listeners thank you so much listeners you're we, such of course, couldn't do this without you or we could it would just be you know a bi-weekly meeting of us talking about stuff <laughs> <laughs> talking about books that i generally do not enjoy uh, <laughs> Good. Um, we listeners, we love you as much as River loved cherry pie, and I will beat up a geriatric for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I actually base a lot of my you know characterization on the fact that I have this podcast, so yeah, I'm all right with that. <laughs> so, so, so when we had to take that break, you were ready to beat everyone up. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, please rate that i was like rant that's what we do rate, <laughs> review subscribe uh to please tell your friends about us word of mouth really does help us out and if you are able to support us financially as well i mean not completely wouldn't that be the dream uh oh. if you can kick a couple bucks our way every month just to um help cover the cost of doing this show patreon.com slash fmk lit pod we would really appreciate it <laughs> and i guess that's all we have left to say other than if you can do so safely and consensually and in a giant cherry pie <laughs> um and honestly without fucking gaslighting people whilst making waves <laughs> keep, keep fucking, fucking.